You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Wednesday, February 28th. The NFL is holding their annual combine for teams to get a good look at the top draft prospects of this class. And so, you know, when you get a group of the league's media members together in one city, you tend to hear some things. GMs talk to the media. Teams meet with players. It is popping this week. So joining me to talk about all of the happenings of the NFL combine so far is Coach Desi. Desi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's awesome. Wednesday hump day, and I'm with you. So, I mean, what what more could we ask for here? Gammon's in the house. Technics we chick is in the house. Cheap. Let's love go. Let's I love it. it. I love it. Let's get into it. We've got plenty to talk about, including some breaking news that came just, uh, you know, about an hour ago from Mike Garofalo, um, NFL insider. He says that and the 49ers are interviewing Chiefs defensive back coach David Merritt for their defensive coordinator position. Uh, Merritt, a, a longtime trusted assistant for Steve Spagnolo, helped coach up Casey's fourth-ranked pass defense this season. I just got to say right off the bat, Desi, that I love this move. I know the 49ers were looking at you know additional external candidates to add to the interviewees. I also know the 49ers needed to – you know, check off the Rooney rule. Uh, I hope this is more than that, though. I really do hope because I I personally would, would love this. I think David Merritt has a lot of experience that would help the 49ers. How do you feel uh, hearing this name? It's music to my ears. I love this. This is so sexy. I can't even tell you. Like when I saw this, I almost like dropped my phone, did a cartwheel, um, grab my ibuprofen and like couldn't get to this <laughs> couldn't get to this podcast quick enough. Like that is what I'm talking about. Like you want to be aggressive, you want to go for it, you go for the best out there. And for someone like David Merritt, who is under Spags, like this is just tantalizing. So I'm all about this. Another thought, and I didn't say this last week, but why wouldn't we go after some of these teams that have great defenses, right? Like, why are we not looking at the DBs coaches and the linebacker coaches for like the chiefs, for the Ravens, for the Cleveland Browns? Like, you know, I think there's talent there. And if they're, if they're coming in as like a DB coach or a LB coach or a line coach, they're not going to be someone that's too big for Shanahan, right? They're going to understand that they're still under his umbrella and it kind of would be a good fit just in that in, in terms of that, right? It's not like a Rex Ryan coming in or a Belichick, big name, been there, done that. And that can cause some cause some issues, but I really, really like this. Yeah, and as Technic Sheik says, the Niners have had enough of folks poaching their coaches. Time for the 49ers to poach some of the best themselves. I feel like the 49ers have been too nice, right? Like, why just limit yourself to the guys who are available? Why not go for guys who are currently hired elsewhere and I mean we did talk about Jeff Ulbrich like that was a legit interest I think of the 49ers that has been corroborated by Mike Silver and Tim Kay and others as well Um, but just the complications of him being the defensive coordinator for the Jets and that being a lateral move 
complicates things a little bit. So it seems like that's not going to happen, and and that probably won't come into fruition um, for the 49ers. Um, but talking about David Merritt, let's look at, and I know this is tiny, so so bear with me here, but let's talk about some of his experience in the NFL so far. I mean, he's a former player, uh, for one, and his coaching experience dates back to 1997, uh, where he was. Uh, he started off at the outside linebackers coach at Tennessee Chattanooga. That was um, a good year, by the way. Just saying. Was it okay? For those of you not alive during that time, just gonna let you know it's a good year. <laughs> <laughs> I guess 1997. Yeah, there's probably some younger listeners, viewers out there. I was alive, but I was six, so I didn't know. I didn't oh, quite gosh. know about Tennessee Chattanooga at that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, you see, currently he's the DB coach, but you look all the way in between that. He had some time coaching linebackers, defensive line. He was a defensive assistant, quality control, secondary. So, I mean, his his experience reaches far and wide, you know, here. And I think that's exactly what the 49ers need in, in looking for their next defensive coordinator. Um, and I think that's kind of what the problem was, you know, with Steve Wilkes is he was more of that secondary guy um, and – we saw too often that the other pieces of the puzzle on the defense were a little disconnected. Uh, so someone who has experience coaching every single uh, facet of the defense, I think would be beneficial to them. Absolutely. And I'm just, I can't see, I was just all boasting about being around in 1997. And now like my old eyes, I can't see the tiny print. Was he at the Jets the same time as Rex? Um, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Did that make it any better? If you can, if you can zoom in. So I'm, I'm seeing he was with the Jets 20, 2001 to 2003, um, as a defensive assistant and linebackers coach. Let me see. When was Rex there? He was there. I think it was after that because he was in Baltimore during their first Super Bowl. So no. He wasn't. Just, okay. Good. Good cross check, though. Cross check. <laughs> um, and what I will say is, you know, one thing that stuck stuck out to me is obviously he's been with the Chiefs since 2019. I mean, has experience probably with Mooney Ward as well. Uh, we've heard Ladarius Sneed could potentially yes. be traded this off season. So I don't know. It, it, it's got me thinking and maybe I'm, I'm thinking way too optimistically, but you know, no, we're putting that out in the universe. Saying. We're putting it out there. I love it. Yeah. love all of it. And MVS got cut. Did you see that? I know it's the other side of the I, ball. Yeah. I, I saw yeah. that as well. Um, so yeah, a lot of changes coming to the chiefs potentially, especially if this move does happen for the 49ers and I'm sure we're going to hear about another name or two um you know going forward of who the 49ers are also in, uh interviewing throughout this process while we are on the topic of defensive coordinator here let me just situate myself with these slides and make sure I'm showing the right thing um because I thought it was interesting Desi that you know John Lynch did speak about the search uh, he was asked, you know, if it's impacting how they're evaluating players at the combine. He pretty much said no. Um, he also confirmed 
the report uh, that Kyle Shanahan had interviewed with Brandon Staley and Nick Sorison and is going to be interviewing with Daniel Bullocks this week. And, you know, he also pointed out the Ulbrich thing that, okay, probably a no-go just because of that situation that he's in over there. The other thing he mentioned, and sorry, again, this is kind of tiny, but I'll, I'll read it off here as well. And again, this is from uh, Matt Barrow's piece yesterday with The Athletic. It seemed that John Lynch, uh, after speaking with the larger media group, had a little powwow with just the 49ers beat writers. Isn't that nice? Um, so so we got some extra information uh, from that. And so he kind of just pointed out, you know, the 49ers don't want to stray from their core defensive principles. They want to keep most everything the same. But he also did say don't count out Brandon Staley. And that seems contradictory to me because Brandon Staley, as we know, he runs a three, four defensive front, you know, not to say that he can't adapt or he's not capable of changing some things around or, you know, the 49ers aren't capable, but uh, it just seems a little contradictory. And I don't, I was talking with Rob about this yesterday and he was like, why does John Lynch care who we rule out? And, you know, we the fans rule out or we the media rule out in this, you know, coaching search. So I thought it was really interesting. If it feels like there's a lot of smoke around Brandon Staley um, and I don't like it. No. And I wonder if it's just um, trying to be professional and and help Staley out more than anything. Right. Like making it look like there's still an opportunity there to kind of like what we did with Jimmy G. Right. Like. You kind of shopped him around, tried to make it, you know, try to dress it up and look sexy, even though we're not getting anything in return for this. But it might just be a um, like a, hey, let me help you out. You're a colleague. You know, I know you're not in with the Chargers anymore, but maybe if it looks like we're interested and we're looking at you, maybe other things will come to fruition for him. So maybe it's just one of those things is what I'm guessing, because I really don't think that this is a, a viable option or a good fit for the 49ers. I, I, yeah, I, I think I I like that way what, what you just said. I really <laughs> hope that is the case. I just found it interesting that he would kind of stick his neck out to say, well, don't forget about Staley kind of thing. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what the next few days hold for the 49ers defensive coordinator search. Of course, I mean, given that it's the combine, we're probably due to hear uh more reports in the coming days. So we'll keep tabs on that as we always do. Um, I'll tell you real quick stuff. Sorry. I, I listened to it cause I didn't, I didn't read the article, but I listened to the interview with John Lynch and I just like kudos to us for having such an incredible leader. Like he is so well-spoken, so polished. Like I, you would never know he played safety in the NFL. And I just mean because safeties, I mean, DBs, that like that, they're gritty, they're grimy, they're scrappy. And like he's suited up, clean cut, would never know that he did that once upon a time. And I say that to say that like my impression of him, that's why I had the thought about Staley was because he is that guy. Like he just seems to be so genuine and like forthcoming. And so I, I genuinely think it's just like help a brother out type of situation and he's just but kudos to us for having him like I was so excited when we signed him and I'm just just another appreciation for John Lynch that's all 
I love it. I mean, we can never, <laughs> you know, uh, appreciate the guys that we have enough, right? And and that's not to say that we're riding their coattails as everyone always makes it seem. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely got to give up the props to to Lynch. That man is media trained uh, to a T. I mean, having done the whole media thing before becoming a GM, I think really helped out. Um, and yeah, I mean, he handles himself very well in, in front of the media. Um, and he recognizes talent, right? He, he called your name out. <laughs> there you go. He knows, he's, he knows how to scout, uh, you know, content creators. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> I'm here for that, Ty. I'm here for that too. Yeah. Ty says I nominate Steph for defensive coordinator <laughs> position. I, I could bring the energy. I, I know that much. I mean, and maybe once in a while I would come in and I'd do a speech in the Nick Bosa voice. Nick might not like that as much, but I feel like everyone else will. So yeah, I mean, I, I could throw my hat into the ring. Just saying. I'm like, <laughs> and you could play one on, on TikTok. I mean, right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'd, I'd be a shoe in, I think. Um, but yeah, so speaking of John Lynch, I mean, there's a lot more to take away from you know, his media session that happened on Tuesday. It already feels like forever to go, by the way. Like that was just yesterday, but I feel like so much has happened since then for some reason. And, you know, some people seem to think that whenever Lynch speaks, like we get nothing of substance or we don't really learn anything, but I, I kind of feel like we did, you know, yesterday and, you know, yeah, we talked about the defensive coordinator stuff, but there was other things that were mentioned. And I guess we can jump into the Brennan Ayuk discussion in all of this. Um, so again, let me get my slides right over here. Um, people love the slides. But you got to be patient while I'm pulling them up. All Beautiful. right. So what what Brandon I or sorry what John Lynch said about Brandon Ayuk when he was asked about extending him um, in Tuesday's presser with the larger media, he said, "Quote: I think we've got a nice track record of extending the players that are important to us, and Brandon's a guy we want to keep around for a long time." End quote. That was pretty much what he said. And even before that, he was very complimentary of Brandon Ayuk. Um, I feel like he has this kind of template now at this point for every extension. Anytime he's asked about him, he starts off really, you know, like complimenting the player. And then he goes into it's like a, a, a thesis statement or, or of some sort. You know, there's a format to it. And so then he goes into saying how much he wants to keep that player and how much that player is important to them. So, you know, for Brandon Ayuk, it's no different. Now, today, Chase Sr., who is at the Combine, um, you know, reporting as a, you know, 49ers insider as well as Eagles insider, um, he said, source, the 49ers have no plans of trading Brandon Ayuk and want to sign him to a long-term deal. Ayuk's agent is Ryan Williams of Athletes First, who is the best friend of John Lynch. Lynch was the best man in Williams' wedding. I was told, no way Ayuk leaves. That's the end of the tweet right there. And in response to that, Desi, you said, duh. Um, <laughs> I was like, walk me through this. This isn't a Photoshop, by the way. This is literally what Desi said in response to this. So, um, 
I guess you knew all along that, you know, Brandon Ayuk was not going anywhere, right? Well, we said this last week, right? I'm like, this is the same song and dance. Like we have, I mean, come on guys. Like, what are we doing? We've, we've been here, done this before. We did this with Debo Samuel. We did this with Nick Bosa. It's Brandon Ayuk's time. Um, I mean, we did talk a little bit about, um, you know, what we could get for Brandon Ayuk and that type of thing. But now, and especially now with the, the cap space being extended, like, really like no we're gonna we're gonna grab this guy this is you know <laughs> thanks ty i appreciate that um <laughs> like seriously like i just feel like this was a no-brainer and it's just comical almost all the you know the big insight and comments and i'm like come on man this is i mean i know we're looking for comment or content but yeah that that's all i had to say about that <laughs> but you know i i didn't know that Ayuk's agent is that close to John Lynch. I had no idea, like to be the best man at his wedding, like that is pretty significant, I would say. And this just goes back to the appreciation of John Lynch because that man is so connected throughout the league, um, even before, you know, he became the 49ers GM. And I think we see uh, the fruits of his labor uh, bearing uh, what would be the right way to say that? Like it's bearing fruit for the 49ers, you know, all the connections that he has. That's uh, like the right. The yeah. Right way to say he's, it. he's raking in the harvest. There we'll we go. There we go. The harvest. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's probably a small world for him. As long as he's been in the NFL and everything that he's done in his career, both on and off the field, I feel like, you know, there's so, this is fun though. I love learning these connections. That is fun mm-hmm. to see that, but I feel like that's just, it's such a small world. The NFL is, is just a very tight niche community. And, and I feel like there's a lot of this that we just don't know about that. They probably laugh at us about too. Like, Oh, like they don't know that. <laughs> but that's a you good know. thing about the combine, or that's a cool thing about the combine. Cause like, you know, when you're there, you kind of do see who talks with each other and it's like, Oh, like, you, you know, like you're, you're cool with this person or, Oh, I wonder who, what they're talking about. That's gotta be an interesting conversation to be a fly on that wall. Right. Oh, and yeah. I actually, I actually thought it was interesting just the way that this tweet from chase is kind of laid out. Uh, maybe I'm just speculating here heavily, but just uh, it gives me the sense that his source here was Ryan Williams himself, <laughs> Brandon Ayuk's agent. Like, I don't know, like what, what else did he have to do with that in this tweet and to mention that and, and then say, I was told no way Ayuk leaves, but that'd be crazy if Ayuk's agent said that. And I don't know, it just seems like from the time of, of the Super Bowl and the bad vibes we were getting surrounding Brandon Ayuk and him wanting to leave and all this stuff, the trade talk to now, I I mean, the vibes are, are immaculate again. Yeah. And I mean, it, during that whole time, though, we never heard anything from from Ryan Williams, right? It was always it was Ayuk's girlfriend, and it was his, you know, what brother or yeah, his brother, right? Or um, brother, best family friend, member, so, yeah, best. So yeah, somewhere. there was just they were all just you know, and I I told you guys what I'm not going to believe it till his mama says it, right? Like, <laughs> give me his mama, and then I'll believe it, you know, um, because she is definitely a faithful. So um, no, I mean that would be wild though if this if this did come from his agent. Right. It, it would. But I mean, all of this talk surrounding Brandon Ayuk as of February 28th 
makes me feel very optimistic about where things are going. And I think that's a great place to be um, if you're the 49ers or if you're a 49ers fan. So it seems like there's a lot of optimism that this will get done. Of course, there's a lot of months ahead of us probably before it does actually get done. So, you know, uh, patience uh, will prevail in, in this case. But speaking of Brandon Ayuk, you know, wide receiver of the 49ers, there's another wide receiver that the 49ers want to keep. And that is Jawan Jennings. Um, and that's something that, you know, John Lynch shared with just the 49ers beat writers after, you know, the main session. Uh, and so, you know, I want to talk about this because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Juwan Jennings. I'm a fan of keeping Juwan Jennings. I think like when you look at, you know, the possible ways the 49ers can keep him, there's two ways, right? Like he's a restricted free agent. So either uh, the 49ers can extend him or they can uh, offer him a, a tender, right? And here, uh, you know, Credit to Matt Barrows here from his piece on The Athletic. He kind of lays out all of the different options uh, for the 49ers here. And then the, the reason that I highlight the second round uh, tender is because I feel like, and I have felt like that's the most likely one for Juwan Jennings if an extension is not done. But Desi, what do you think? Would you prefer the the extension or do you just want to do the one-year tender, let's wait and see kind of thing? Ooh, this is a toughie. Um, I feel like, and, and see, this is why I can't be a great business person because I get all in the feelings, right? I'm like, extend him, right? Like, keep him, he's a keeper. But, you know, maybe it is a one-year deal for maybe the sake of him too, right? Like, give him a year, let him ball out, and then let him go get that, that big money. Um, I'm not quite sure what the right answer is yet, but I do know I love this guy a lot. And I'm just excited at the possibility of keeping him for especially this upcoming year, because um, I think it's going to be another special year for us. I mean, I know we went through heartache and I know nothing has even started yet. We haven't even gotten past the combine, but um, I definitely think that if he's part of the roster, we definitely the offense is going to be pretty, pretty fire. Yeah, I, I definitely feel good about Jennings. I feel like even throughout the season, like we saw him kind of grow and show us some new wrinkles to his game. Like he got some dog to him, man. And I think we like always kind of saw that, but I think we really saw it towards the end of the season. So definitely feel like that's a player that deserves to be rewarded. Um, you know, and it would be ideal for me if the 49ers were able to extend him. Now, what's interesting, right? You, you see the first round uh, or sorry, the second round tender is uh, a one year, 4.9 million deal. Um, and so if another team could match that offer, um, you know, the 49ers could then decide uh, what they do at that point. Um, and again, Matt lays it all out here uh, in his article, but I think with an extension, maybe there's a chance they could even lower that number a little bit, um, you know, to have it go out maybe two, maybe a two year extension. And then the first year uh, could be a little lower than 4.9. I don't know. I'm, I'm just uh, throwing ideas out there, but that, that could be something and a reason why the 49ers want to get an extension done because maybe in the long term uh, it'll be Ooh. more favorable to them money-wise. 
I like that. And then, you know, there's talk because Devo's contract will be up in what, 25? Yeah, they have an out in they have an out on Debo's contract uh, after twenty five, I believe. Yeah. So I mean that could get interesting too, because he's kind of a dog. I'm not saying Debo's replaceable. Don't put words in my mouth, anybody. But hey, but I, you know I, you I want you want the scrap. You want to keep a scrappy wide receiver. So that could be interesting. I might I might like that. Yeah, I mean, so I'm saying I'm I'm just I'm not saying I'm just saying that's that's like my favorite thing to say in in the off season because there's just so much that can happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you throw a touchdown in the Super Bowl and catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl, I feel like you've earned a little something, something. So, yeah, um, he was on his way to being Super Bowl MVP. I might right. add. Um, right. the NFL was like, no, we can't have a wide receiver three be the MVP of the Super Bowl. Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, he was uh, He was definitely a dog. Um, but another guy that the 49ers want to keep going forward, if they can make it happen, is John Feliciano, who, you know, the veteran signing of, of last offseason, who, you know, he can play center, he can play right guard. Well, both left, both left guard and right guard, and he played – at both guard spots um, in 2023, that's definitely someone that I would welcome back uh, for the 49ers if, you know, the team is able to, you know, find a good contract for them. Even with uh, the Twitter situation after the Super Bowl? So, yeah, I felt like that did complicate things a bit, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's, that's not cool. That's not cool, but I guess... Um, the way John Lynch kind of described it seemed like Feliciano probably came to him and, and you know, owned up to to what he did. And also, I guess John Lynch sees it more so as he was defending Colton Swan McKibbin. Yeah. yeah. And because he, he didn't mention uh, he didn't mention Spencer Burford. Right. It right. was just everyone else that. It came to that obvious, very obvious conclusion. Um, but, you know, I don't think the intention was to throw him under the bus necessarily. Yeah. So that's what I was hopeful for, that it was just an oopsie, like, you know. I think so too. And I mean, he, he literally admitted to being hungover. I mean, you know, we all we, were. We all... <laughs> Sorry. I, I know I was. <laughs> And, and we, yeah, we still are, you know, to be honest. Uh, they don't call it the Super Bowl hangover for nothing. That happens to the losing team just as much as, you know, the, the winning team. So, yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, I think Feliciano would be a great choice for the 49ers to bring back. I just don't see Spencer Burford as being that guy you can depend on. And so I still think the 49ers should look to upgrade at that right side of the line guard and tackle this off season. But again, like I think the versatility that Feliciano gives you as well, the fact that he can play three spots on your line. I think, you know, he holds a lot of value to the team. He, we saw he can be serviceable and, and pretty good. So I, I would welcome him back. Just saying. No, I agree. I think that's a good move. I do think we still need to get, we need a tackle that can be, uh, yes, let's do it. I'm here for it. This year, 2025, 24, 25. 
Um, so we're going to, um, sorry for those listening, it's just because someone wanted to party with me at the Super Bowl, the next Super Bowl, which of course is going to be for the 25, we'll 20, 24 season, but in 25. And 25. So, yes. Okay. I'm here for it. We're doing both. We're going, we're going to, we're going to do both. Why not? Um, right. Like, both W's. I'm putting that out there too. Um, but um, yeah, I totally forgot what I was talking about. What were we talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, damn it, Ty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm saying we needed to draft a tackle, a right tackle that can then, yeah. you know, Trent's not going to last. This is my biggest fear because I am a huge Trent Williams fan. Like this man, I, I, he, it drives me crazy. So many, so much conversation happens and he literally is the workhorse on that left side and he is absolutely irreplaceable. So I have anxiety now for whenever he decides at some point that his career is going to be done. And so I just feel like let's start to fill the eggs in that basket because we need somebody strong. Let's set him up on the right side, but be kind of Feliciano ish where he can move around and eventually take over that left tackle, get some years under working with Trent Williams and seeing how he does it and learn from him. You know, I think that's just, that's almost as important to me as like, like Jordan Love, what happened to Jordan Love, like groomed under Aaron Rodgers and then came out. Like, it's just as important for that left tackle, I feel. So that's, that's my go silverback. I'm pro silverback. So, I mean, who isn't? (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) I'm going to wear all black that day that he decides to retire. Just, oh man, I don't even want to think about it. I don't either. Yeah, and and the reality is that that day is going to be happening. It's not going to happen tomorrow or this season. At least that's what he has indicated, right? But we know it's going to happen soon, too soon. You know, even with within the next two three years is too soon in in my book um, because a player like that is so hard to replace. So I'm with you. I think the 49ers, in addition to right tackle, you do have to look at your future left tackle and we love the idea of you know Trent being able to groom uh the left tackle of the future right so yeah I think this is a draft the 49ers need a double dip on offensive linemen right so they need to uh, prioritize that for once (laughs) and you know in the draft and and this is the right draft to do it because it's deep at offensive line and you know I I do think the 49ers are going to take that opportunity because I I think they do know kind of what's ahead of them at this point but Desi I mean going back to the combine the the 49ers are there the scouts are there uh you know the media members are there and the media members got to interview players starting today now team interviews have been taking place i think they started yesterday for defensive linemen and so defensive linemen and linebackers were the first up at the podium today tomorrow it's another position group but and i believe for those of you very concerned about offensive line that is going to be Sunday <laughs> where, you know, the media gets to interview them. So what happens when, you know, the media interviews players, you know, you get a lot of great answers, you get to know these guys, but also you kind of get to get a sense of what teams are interested in these players because they'll get the question, who have you met with? Have you met with the 49ers? And so we've learned a lot uh, earlier today. Um, as I mentioned, my draft sheet, 
has been popping today. Like I told you guys it was going to look and, and look how many people we've got in, in the draft sheet. And for the audio listeners, um, I'm so sorry, but I will put the link to the draft sheet in the description of the podcast. Uh, so you guys can follow along to what we're looking at here as well. And for the audio listener, or sorry, for the YouTube listeners, sorry, I forgot to put the link in the YouTube description, but I will after this. Um, but it is, pinned to the top of my twitter at step 49k so you can uh check it out there so let's look at the the names that were added today and again you're only going to see defensive linemen and linebackers because that's who interviewed today so it's not like well the 49ers are only meeting with defensive linemen what the hell man like are they gonna draft defensive linemen in the first round again they might. I mean, I don't know. They might. I'm just saying they might. <laughs> it's it's possible, but not because of, you know, who they're interviewing with uh, so far. It's just who they've gotten a chance to interview with so far. So anyway, um, Desi, I'll, I'll like, you know, give you a chance to, you know, if you have any thoughts on any names that you saw so far or just any thoughts on what the 49ers needs are at defensive linemen. I've seen a lot of people say it's not really a need. Like what are they even doing meeting with all these defensive linemen? Again, people are already like proactively getting mad about the possibility, the sheer possibility that the 49ers might draft the defensive linemen um, in the first round. So yeah, Ty's telling me to go full screen. Uh, Let me do that. But yeah, you look at these, any of these names, obviously a lot of defensive linemen, a lot of pass rushers. Um, are you in, are, are you feeling like that's a need for the 49ers? I mean, I definitely, so, okay. So the 49ers have cards in their hands that we don't know, right? We don't know what they're planning to do with the current people that we have, right? There's still time. We've talked about Chase Young. There's no decision there. I think that, only they truly know, but you can never have enough potential talent to look at and bring in. We have a lot of picks this season. Let's utilize them. I would love nothing more than to buff up our line, both on both sides of the ball. So I'm here for all of that. And the only other extensive need I think we need is to figure out what we're doing with a missing uh, Dre Greenlaw, which ugh, still mm. hurts my heart to say, but um I know that there's reports coming out that saying he, you know, it looks optimistic for six months, but I'm in medicine. I don't hold my breath for nothing. I've seen re-injury. I've seen things, you know, failure rates. I've seen, you know, oh, it's supposed to be six months. It ends up being nine months. So I'm not putting all my money on that. So I, I definitely think we still need to consider who's going to be a fill-in for a Dre Greenlaw, you know, and, and even if he comes back, who's to say that he's not going to be popping in and out depending on how he feels and the inflammation, the inflammatory response from that. So I definitely would agree with D line, O line and, and linebacker. If we can get, you know, a really strong corner would be my net. I definitely think it's on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like offensively, since especially now coming out, John Lynch saying we're going to do our best with Brandon, Ayuk, Juwan Jennings. I mean, I feel like our offense is strong the way it is minus a right guard or a right tackle. And then just it's got to be on the other side of the ball is my is my two cents on this. Now, yeah, I did. Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you do that, because there's a couple of things I looked at your your um, 
spreadsheet and I did look at it from an injury perspective. So we can chat about I that. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just wanted to say too, like, because a lot of people around this time either overvalue uh, the 49ers meeting with certain players, like they make way too much of it or they don't, they kind of downplay it. And I don't like either. Like I, in my mind, like you just got to look at these visits as a guide, as, you know, maybe try to find some trends of what are the positions the 49ers are looking at. Now, like I said, um, defensive linemen are going to be the names that we get today at the combine. But, you know, after the combine, once we have the full list of people, we'll get a better idea. Once we get into April and we start getting top 30 visit names, all of that's going to be important too. So you take all this information to kind of form, uh, you know, an idea of what the 49ers are interested in. So this isn't the gospel. This isn't that the 49ers are going to draft every one of these players. It doesn't mean they're interested in drafting every one of these players. Sometimes when you speak to a prospect, it's, you know, you're just looking to gather information about said player, you know. And so all, all those different factors come into play. Um, and it doesn't – it might mean something. It might not. Uh, but, again, it, it's just to get a sense of some themes. Like, oh, like the 49ers are meeting with, you know, an offensive lineman and all these offensive linemen they've met with kind of have this same profile. It must mean, like, that's kind of what they're looking for as far as body types. That's what I aim to uh, show over time with these draft sheets it's not to be the gospel of the 49ers are definitely going to draft these players. But so I just want people to remember that. Right. Um, And because I put this information out there, I feel like it's somewhat my responsibility to remind people of that. Um, And so, yeah, you, you'll probably hear it again at at some point, my little, my little speech, but anyway, just looking at these list of guys, I mean, there's, there's a lot of names here that intrigue me. Uh, Javon Solomon from Troy, Austin Booker from Kansas, and Darius Robinson from Missouri. To me, those three guys are, you know, uh, really impressive names as far as the pass rushers go. Um, I believe all of them were at the Senior Bowl, too. So, um, you know, I know for sure Austin Booker uh, showed out out there um, as as well as Darius Robinson, Uh, So those names did excite me when I saw them. Uh, Another name that if you guys have been following along with the podcast and I've mentioned before on other lives, Cedric Gray, right? He was at the Senior Bowl as well. I heard at the Senior Bowl, John Lynch loves him. Uh, The 49ers met with him at the combine. That's not a surprise, right? After I had heard what I had heard. Um, And so... Yeah, I, I think like some some pieces, you know, maybe falling together here and, and talking about like the injury perspective, Desi, like it, maybe we wouldn't have thought that linebacker was that huge of a need. But when you look at Dre Greenlaw and, and you look at his timeline coming off of that Achilles injury, and I know some people, uh, there are some doctors in the past week or so giving very optimistic um, six-month timelines, right? Uh, you know, we've heard that, but I still think that puts Greenlaw at not starting the season, obviously. And so they do have to reinforce the linebacker group 
and, and of course also defensive line because they have some free agents going out as well. Yeah, I agree. And I will say that looking at what you have highlighted right there, and none of the names you just mentioned are on my list, which is good. So all the names that you mentioned, <laughs> good. Good. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, just a preliminary search. I didn't see much um, concern for injury, but uh, Mason Smith tore his ACL in 2022. Um, I mean, ACLs can get tear- torn and they can be very successfully repaired with not a lot of sequela. So I'm not terribly concerned about him, but of note is McGregor. So Brandon McGregor out of Michigan, um, he had a torn NCL, PCL, and meniscus tear. Um, pretty, pretty gruesome injury there. Um, and that's the interesting thing about that injury is it's two different rehab protocols. Um, MCLs, you kind of want them to scar in and be kind of like your knee in a straight position. And the PCL is the one that you want to get moving right after surgery. So I'm guessing that that was a staged repair is my guess. Um, Potentially, I I would need to look at that. But that's that's a pretty considerable knee injury. Um, And then Ellis, uh, Jonah Ellis from Utah, he has he got he had surgery for a partially torn labral tear in his shoulder. That may or may not be of any consequence either. I mean, it depends on the type of tear. They probably just went and cleaned it up maybe they tacked it down should be, should be okay. But those are the injuries of the ones that you have highlighted or you did have highlighted um, on that list. The only other thing that I saw, you probably saw this too, Jackson, um, McKinley Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Texas A&M. Uh, a couple of possession charges. One of them was a felony possession charge. Yeah. So there's a couple of character things that I saw there. Oh, okay. I didn't scroll over on your chart. Um, and that's the thing to be thoughtful about on him, just in, in knowing what the 49ers seek out in terms of um, just who they are as a human and what they bring into the locker room. And and again, that could very well be the reason the 49ers are like, look, we got to meet with this guy and ask him about this. <laughs> like what, what was going on there, you know? So yeah, a team might have a, a certain reason why they want to meet with a player for uh, McKinley Jackson could very well have been that that happened back in 2021. Uh, He was suspended for it. Two games missed uh, his time at Texas A&M. So yeah, that, that could be something potentially based on how that meeting went that would take him completely off a player's board. Not sure. Right. I'm just speculating, but um yeah, lot, lots of interesting names. Uh, I think another one, so 49ers Media here said that Brad Graham of the SF Niners also said that Houston defensive lineman Nelson Caesar met with the 49ers at the Senior Bowl. Haven't added that to the uh, draft sheet yet, but thank you for making me aware of that, 49er Media. I will get that on there as soon as we're off this call. Um, yeah, there's going to be so many, like, in the next few days there's going to be a lot of names added uh to the draft sheet so make sure you guys keep it locked with that it's it's a working living breathing document and uh yeah i i got you guys so gonna keep you updated with everything um shout out to you for that that is a lot of work like impressive like 
bigger than the golf clap. I just don't want to be too loud on here and blow everybody's ears out, but no, that's big work. Thank you. I, I find it fun. Like it's funny. Cause I, I used to do the, um, people that have followed me for like a long time on Twitter. I, I used to tweet out who the 49ers were meeting with, like just one off, right? Like I just tweeted out. And then I started to document like on Twitter, um, who the, which pro days the 49ers were attending and all that. And it like, I don't know, it just became a thing. Like people had interest in it. And I was like, Oh, like this is kind of fun too, to just like, cause there's so much investigative work that goes on Twitter. Like I'd be, I'd be looking at pictures from pro days zooming in and I'm like, you know, that's a 49ers scout right there. And yeah. Uh, okay, you got to change your handle from Steph 49 K to super sleuth Steph. Super I, I like alliteration. I Super sleuth stuff. The sleuther bowl. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sleuther so 49. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just found it fun. And I found that pe- there are people who like that kind of content. And so I, I do it for myself and I do it for them too. Um, and yeah. And, and that's why I feel like I get people excited about the draft, but I also feel like I got to temper expectations too, because, you know, <laughs> it doesn't always go how these, you know, I just put out all the names. All right. I'm, I'm not saying the 49ers is going to draft anybody, you know, um, except Braden Willis last <laughs> off season. I did kind of call that. So just, just saying a sleuth, a Rooney Ron D says, I, I like that. Ty says I'm the MVP of draft prep. Um, Shout out, shout out you guys. I appreciate it. Oh, we did have a question um, about Zach Zinter, who is one of the, uh, I believe he's a, he's an offensive lineman uh, center in this uh, draft class. So I, I don't know, Desi, if you were aware of that injury, uh, this question from uh, Forktail Devil P38J, what a name. Um, <laughs> so are, are you aware of Zach Zinter's injury and, and what's your thoughts on it? I just searched it up quickly because I, I don't watch college ball just um, here and there. The big games that I hear about, I'll, I'll turn that on. But um, I did look it up. It's a fractured lower leg. Uh, so he had a tibia and fibula fracture, which is both the long bones and the lower leg. And I mean, it, once they're repaired, they can come back just fine. I usually don't worry about fractures too much unless they're in the joint line. Once they're in the joint line, then it, it can accelerate arthritic changes. And that's really what I worry about more than anything. But it seems like this was not a joint line. And again, I just briefly looked this up. Um, it may have been across the joint line. So I would have to double check and look at more closely at where that was. There's another person with a gnarly fracture that was on the list. It wasn't under the highlighted parts. Um, was Rex. Um, Hayden? Isaac, no, Isaac Rex. Isaac Rex. Ooh, he had a gnarly one. Yes. Yes. So he had a gnarly lower leg ankle. They kind of called it ankle lower leg. So I worry that that maybe went through a joint, but he had an external fixator. Those things are gnarly. If you haven't Googled an external fixator, make sure you have a strong stomach. It is like, it looks like, um, well, you have these pins coming out of the skin where the fracture, because the pins are there to kind of help hold the fracture in place. And so you have these pins sticking out and then you have this contraption that's around it that looks like a cage around the leg. Um, it's super, um, it's super gnarly looking. Um, and yeah, again, if you don't have a strong stomach, don't Google it, but 
you know, Google external fixators. It's pretty interesting. Medicine's just fascinating. I've always been fascinated by medicine. I've been practicing for 20 years plus, and it's just amazing how things can get, you know, the improvements and the strides that can be made just when you think that, oh, there can't possibly be anything more that can be done for X. And then something else comes up and, and it's just fascinating. And, and I love being able to talk about it and talk about football. Those are like my two big loves. So, um, Fractures, yeah. Not really worried if they're just clean bone fractures, but if it's crossing the joint line, there's some concern. And Desi, we love having your knowledge and expertise here. Um, you know, as it pertains to injuries, I think it it really it's valuable to have that type of insight. And I normally wouldn't would have no idea <laughs> about any of these things. So um, definitely, definitely appreciate it. And I'm sure like our viewers as well do too, as you know, we get comments about asking questions of how, what you think about certain injuries. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's day, I, it's not day one of the combine, but it's day one of the, you know, media interviewing the players. So it was a big day. These next few days are also going to be big. So like I said, draft sheet, um, you know, make sure you guys keep that tab open because I sure will. And I will be updating, um, you know, Desi, is there anything else that you're kind of looking forward to the 49ers looking at throughout this combine? Uh, I'm more worried about our defensive coordinator. <laughs> I'm, still riding, I'm still riding high on that, but, but I definitely fair. am going to be, um, I love your sheet because it gives me stuff to look at as someone who doesn't lot, watch a lot of college, because honestly, my family would just kick me out of the house because I already watch enough football, just paying <laughs> attention to the NFL. Um, but, uh, no, I definitely looking, I'll look through your, your list. I'm going to start looking at some plays that, from these these um, incredible athletes that are coming in and seeing what looks good out there. Definitely looking at the line on both sides of the ball, holding to the trenches. Yep. The trenches, baby. All right. Well, for everyone that tuned in, I appreciate it. Make sure you guys like this video. I I see we have like about 20 of you here. We don't have 20 likes. So make sure you hit that (laughs) thumbs up for us and uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet, because we're going to go through a lot of content like this all throughout the off season, all through the combine, through the draft and beyond that. And um, yeah, I mean, for now, have a good rest of your Wednesday. I will be going live with Trey Taylor, safety out of Air Force, um, in about 30 minutes for another prospect interview. Uh, but if I don't see you guys there, I really hope you do. But if I don't see you there, um, I'll talk to you guys later, all right? From me, from Desi, peace.